here as well. You know, when it's all his, you can, you can let go of it very easily when you consider it to be all his. When you consider that truck or that car, that house, that bank account, the 401K, the investment accounts, when you know it came to you by his providential hand, it can go out just as easily, and you can be generous. Um, Adam said to keep it to 15 minutes. That was probably 10. So I hope that I'll leave, leave these principles with you and that they'll influence your giving rather than to focus on whether it's 10%. You know, here it's 100%, right? So if we're going to throw out the Old Testament and say 10% doesn't apply, and maybe that's true, here we've got an example of 100%. But we see in Romans 12, 1, 2, we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. This is our spiritual act of worship. And it says that that is holy and, it, and pleasing to God. Okay? So um, I'll just leave you with that. I hope that influences your giving. I hope you think about that. Is that is, is it should be of a sacrificial nature. You shouldn't, because you look at 44, it says they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. You don't wait until you've harvested all the blueberries and then decide, I'm going to give X percentage. But you give in faith. This way of giving that this lady did requires faith and trust and dependence on God. So look at your giving. Are you having to actively, week to week or every two weeks, or if you get paid once a month, whatever, however frequent that is, are you having to trust and to depend on God in the manner of giving? And is it first? Is it a priority? Are you giving the first fruits? And is it sacrificial? Are you having to give up something that you normally would consider a need or, or an essential item? Okay? Let, let me close you in a word of prayer. And uh, consider that in your giving this week and, and going forward. Father, thank you again for this opportunity. I pray, God, that... Um, that your word would not return unto you void, but it would go out and accomplish the purpose you have set. I pray, Father, that uh, here at Wyatt Baptist Church, that we would be focused on the heart of giving rather than the amounts. Uh, and God, I know that you will take care of absolutely every one of our needs when we give in faith, when we get, make giving a priority, when we give out of sacrifice. Father, we, we will lack nothing. We will have surpluses. I'm confident of it, Lord. Lord, bless us. Bless us in our jobs. Bless us in our endeavors. Uh, make our, the, the fruit of our hands uh, multiply, Lord, so that we can uh, fund these great ministries and these opportunities that we're going to hear about and that we have heard about. Uh, God, thank you for this entire weekend, all the men who came up here and worked and sacrificed. Uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity tonight as well to fellowship as a church family. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. One thing we want to use these uh, Covenant Family Nights for is to make you aware of what's going on in our members' lives and, and how to pray for them. And maybe some of them are doing some things that you don't, you don't even know about. You don't even know to pray for these things uh, or don't know how to pray for these things. And so we're going to just introduce you to a few of these people. Um, first, I'm going to ask for uh, Tina Brown and Rita Jones to, to come. Y'all can just have a seat on right here. Now, what is the program called that you do? Um, let me 
mic, Chuck had. It's an adult English language learning English language learners class. It's an adult English language learning class. How many people are in the class? It depends on the night. <laughs> it depends on what's going on in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had up to 14, 16, and then like um, last Monday night, I just had three. Uh -huh. So it just depends on um, what's going on. It's, it has a, you see a lot of different people coming in and out of mm -hmm. the class. And like um, one of the biggest turnovers is once they get a job, you know, mm -hmm. once they get enough English in order to get employed, then you know, they they can take up learning the English from there. So. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of good to have people coming out of the program because oh, yeah. they've, they've caught on. Awesome. Um, and what night of the week is it? On Monday nights. At what time? Six o'clock. Where? At the old high school at okay. 501 Timberline at the math department. <laughs> well, where the math department used to be. Mm -hmm. But if you pull up to the back of the uh, school uh, towards the gym, mm -hmm. and you'll see us, you know, there's a gate that we go in, and it's um, – and it's at six. It's at six o'clock on Monday nights. On Monday nights, yes. Um, so, kind of tell me, has this opened your eyes to how many people groups we have coming to El Dorado? Yeah, we have. Um, well, we have twelve different people groups, and we had up mm -hmm. to fourteen. But right now, in El Dorado School District, we have twelve different people groups. Mm -hmm. You know, Vietnamese. You know, Yemen. Different different countries that are represented. Uh, in the night group, we've. Um, We've mainly had just mainly two Vietnamese and and then Hispanics, mm -hmm. and um, but within the district, you know, we're we're at twelve. We've been up to fourteen, but there's a lot of people in the community that you don't even realize that are there mm -hmm. that are there. Okay, so tell me how you're. I know y'all have also have a heart for ministry for these people. So tell me what you're doing there, as far as ministering to these. This is not what he told me he was going to tell us all about. <laughs> But uh, I think the first thing that we do, we love them. We, we want them to know that we care. We care enough. Tina's worked all day when she gets there, and her, and her job is tremendous, what she has to do. So we stay, and uh, now that I'm retarded, you know, I don't have that much problems. <laughs> but Tina's there all day to 7 o'clock at night, and then Mike is there to be our translator. But... Uh, but we're there, we care, we're concerned about them. You know, there's so many, uh, we have all the Catholic backgrounds, we have some charismatic, and then the Buddhist people. But Tina and Mike, they've never shied away from, uh, Mike's there with his card, <laughs> handing them out. And even when we party, they bring it back to kingdom work. Mike has done his evangel cube. We've uh, looked at the customs of what we do as Christians as the customs to what they do. Um, just trying to, you know, when I was in Nicaragua, we had tutors. I mean, you know, not tutors, but interpreters everywhere we go. And these people come to the States. They don't have, you know, they're just thrown in there. Could you imagine the culture shock being thrown at EHS, <laughs> you know, when, when you speak no English? So, um you know, t we go through, what, money and directions, and we get them to write and to speak English, and it just helps them to know that they're not alone. 
that they can come. And, you know, one thing I've seen, too, here, I'd like to challenge all of our young people, too. The, the, even the Hispanics here, you can start here. Befriending them and, and bringing them together, you know, so that they're not separate. When Tina tells them, y'all, get some English friends and speak to them and speak English with them. But they tend to stay together in their own community. So we can start here as a church to assimilate them here and, and befriend them here, and then it's easier when you're outside to do it. So how can we as a church be praying, or are there some things we can do? Um, can we send, come up there and visit sometimes and, and spend time with y'all or, or bring a dessert by? And, I mean, what are some things we can do, and, and, what, and how can we pray for you? Well, the, um, the adults, when they first get started, they would like to meet more than one night a week. And um, that's, I'm an old lady. That's all I got left in me. But um, the, the way the school's set up, I'm never afraid there. But it does need to be a situation where it's two people, you know, two women, one who's not afraid and who's not, or, or a husband, you know, a man and a woman. Most prefer, prefer a man and a wife, you know. We don't, but um, they... They want to, they need practice. And like, I, th I thought I had it set up where like Nana could come to the church and just have one of the ladies who were, who were new to the community to just come and sit and talk to her in the office, you know, just somebody to practice their English with somebody who's not going to be judgmental and, um, and to just kind of experience, you know, you know, the new culture. But that lady, when, by the time she was ready to come talk to Nona, she got a job, you know, within the school district working in the, in the cafeteria. So uh, just making yourself available. And, like, even at um, something you could really do is, like, if you see somebody at, um, you meet somebody at your job or something, you know, tell them about the English class. The way that it, the, the rules of the class are this is when the school meets, then we meet. But, like, if you're out for Christmas or you're out for spring break, then the adult class will not meet. But so if you, if you have a friend or somebody who's, who's new to the community and, and wants to learn English. So that's happening. Every, every Monday night, the school's going on. You know when it's going on. The school's going on. That's going on at 6 o'clock. Um, and so maybe, find, maybe that's, you're, not, you're looking for something to do, and that would be a great thing to just go by there and let them practice their English, bring them a dessert. I don't know. But talk to these ladies and see how you can get involved. How many of y'all knew this was going on? You are about half of you, um, and the other half, we, we, you know, you have no excuse now not to be praying for these ladies and what they're doing, because what they found is something out in the community away from Wyatt, but it's still kind of connected to Wyatt, because they're there, and they're inviting people, uh, but they're out there, they found a door. What's this called? What part of missions is this called? When, welcome. When, when you find people in your own community from other countries, that's the welcoming part of missions, and that's what they're doing. And we want to be praying for them uh, and, and getting involved in this. Vicki, will you come and pray for these ladies? Can I, can I add one more thing? You know, through, through that, you know, um, like um, Rita's been able to disciple a couple of ladies, and, you know, somebody's been saved. But one of the things when you go into it, it's, it's you've got to be willing to build a relationship. It's a... It's, you've got to be a real, a real person because, you know, it's, you've got to be willing to, and I would love if some people felt like that's what, you know, God wanted them to do. But the American culture is so different than any other culture in the whole world. It is just, we just do not realize how different we are and how our ways are so much different. And um, so that's, um, 
that's one of the things that, you know, I pray that, you know, like even if you can't come on Monday night, that if you see somebody in the community, you know, who've got have English as a different language or and that you would just befriend them because you don't have to be able to speak their language because everybody understands everybody understands the heart of love. And that's and that's what it comes down. That's what it comes down to. Just I guess if you it's hard to as a prayer request, but I guess. I would really say that pray that God will change your heart, that you will see them as he sees them, and that you will be able to um, have that ability to love them as, as you know, I'm, I'm not trying to do politics, but, you know, just that you'll be able to love them. That's my goal. Father God, we just come, and we just thank you that you are the God of all peoples, that you understand all languages, and that you have provided such an amazing opportunity to bring people to us, help us to see them, help us help us to love them as you would love them, God, and help us to love them sacrificially. Just bless this ministry, God. Help us to get more involved in any way that we can to to just benefit them. But God, especially with prayers, God, we just pray that more people will be saved through this ministry. And we just thank you in advance for all you're going to accomplish in your Son's name. Amen. Thank y'all. Just. Um, I want next Jennifer Martizic and then Logan to come up with her. Um, the the Martizics have uh, um, have made uh, some decisions in their life recently. It's it's exciting, but they're entering a challenging season because Douglas Douglas decided to go a new career uh, route, and it's the same career route that that Logan uh, has chosen for his life. And just uh, I think some decisions there were to. Uh, have more time with the family, and, and to do something I think he would find more joy in. Is that correct? You got that right? And so they're downsizing. Uh, they're doing some downsizing. Uh, and But Douglas is going to be starting today. He left today. He's going to be training for how many weeks? 18 weeks. 18 weeks. So, Logan, you did the same training. Um, Mine was 22, much harder. Yours was 22. His year was longer. And yeah, you and Jessica had a newborn, so you you did have have uh, one child at that time and a newborn. So just explain the challenges that Doug and Jennifer will be going through that we as a, a church can pray for them. Um, well, I mean, Douglas will be going through just the the typical military style boot camp. So he'll have the stresses of being very tired, wore down, um, uh, no sleep for the first week or two. They'll keep him up a lot and. And so he'll be pretty stressed out mentally and physically throughout the week just to, to test him out to see where his mental capacity is, is the purpose behind it, and to be able to put, handle himself in stressful situations. So he'll be coming home tired. And then, of course, Jennifer will have four kids, so I don't know who's got the worst stress of the week. So uh, I, I would say just the prayer, prayer, prayer that, that things go smoothly for Jennifer back home, uh, that, da- that Douglas won't have the added stress of worrying about sick children and and not being able to be there and and fulfill the role that he knows that he he would like to be fulfilling back home um so um and then also there's just that jennifer will be open to to help if she needs it um sometimes that's the hardest thing is to ask for help and and that we as a church body could be there for her if if something breaks and douglas isn't there to help fix it or whatever it is um but just just the the willingness to, to to help her and to be able to see the need if she doesn't bring it up that we can we can help her out and and it's it's not it's it's it'll go by fast, uh, but that, that's the two things I could think about. It's just his his not worrying about home, and and then just um, her being able to to call on us if needed. 
Um, so, Jennifer, just uh, we need to pray for the house to sell. That's a biggie. And what other things specifically are you maybe have some anxiety about over this, this period and that we can be praying for? Um, when it comes down to it, I really don't have anxiety about me and the four kids. I'll handle it. And, uh, but the things I have found out they're going to do to my husband and uh, the things they're going to put him through, it, you know, from a wife's standpoint, it's like, do you really have to do that? That's going to hurt or, you know, like swim a mile fully clothed without stopping and just stuff like that, tasing, pepper spray. So um, that causes me a lot of anxiety. And I know Douglas, and he's not probably going to tell me. or be like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. And so um, they said, you know, they told the wives at orientation, don't, when they call you in the evenings, don't stress them out. Don't have the screaming kids. And don't tell them how everything's going so bad. And then on the weekends, let them rest and relax. And I said, Douglas, don't come home on the weekends. Because <laughs> he's not going to be able to do that. But um, just, you know, just be in prayer for him to have the um, confidence. And, uh, you know, I think it's some hard sometimes for uh, men to think they can do it because it's such a hard thing. But he's got 16 other men there, and they said, you know, that those men will be part of your family forever, and you will be so close to them by the end of it, and they'll be there to root each other on. So, But I know he was really looking forward to the church praying for him, and um, he will need you all through this job. There's going to be a lot of things that um, – He's going to come across that he needs to talk to people about and things they see and have to do. So I know that he is relying on y'all, and he's already talked about that to the, the people he has to talk to to go through it. It was a four-month uh, interview process, so but we're really excited. Um, so prayers are awesome during this time. Casseroles would probably be awesome, too, uh, throughout these 18 weeks, maybe – uh, just some some help with the kids. Just uh, maybe think of some ways to uh, to bless this family uh, as I go through. You can. You can. Yeah, they, they they need us. <laughs> Let's pray, Lord. Uh, we thank you that you're a, a God that's in control. We thank you for um, this family's obedience to you. We thank you for um, Jennifer's willing heart, um, Father. I just pray that you would just. Give her um, extra grace during this time, Father. I pray you'd give her strength. I pray you would give her children better obedience towards their mom. I pray that the uh, the weekends won't be too overwhelming for both Douglas and Jennifer. Um, and Lord, I pray that you would just really reveal to um, her friends, her family, and this church that she needs us. And I pray you would just um, remind us of that in the middle of the day. Send her a text feed her family, take the kids for the weekend. Um, just remind us that we need to help them through this, Lord. And we thank you that you already know how wonderful this is going to work out. And we just pray um, that you would just walk beside them and, during this time. In your name, amen. Jared, last uh, up, we want to pray for Jared Ardwin. Um, we're in a time where uh, these school shootings have everyone concerned, right? And uh, we actually have uh, the, the, the school resources officer here at Wyatt. Uh, and so what does a school resource officer do? I took some notes. There's no way I'd remember how to say everything. <laughs> um, first and foremost, as a police officer, my, my job as a school resource officer is 
the triad approach. I, I am a police officer, still employed through the police department in El Dorado. I'm just assigned specifically to the high school, and that's where my office is. And then I also cover Washington Middle School, Mermail Education Center, and Yoakum Elementary. Um, <clears throat> the way we define what we do is the triad approach. I'm law enforcement first. I'm responsible for enforcing state laws, uh, protecting life and property. Uh, the primary reason I'm there is to make sure nobody shoots the school school up. That's that's what I'm there for, first and foremost. The second thing I'm there for is as a teacher, I educate kids um, whenever they have a question about the law, or life, or whatever is it. And the third thing is counseling. It's actually what I do the most. Uh, we don't actually have a program where I, I do a lot of teaching per se in the school, even though I do from time to time. But most of what I do is informal counseling, um, conflict resolution. Uh, planning and training for, for horrible events, and then also relationship making. The, the, the thing I do the most at the high school is make relationships with kids and talk to them, and I just get to know them. So, uh, and especially the kids that have problems. Um, I know more bad kids than good kids. The good kids, they don't need help. <laughs> they got good mom and dads at homes. More the kids that I know are the ones that have problems. So that's what I do. Um, the thing I appreciate about you, I've, you know, I've, I've, in the watching the news, they say sometimes the school resource officers like the new rookie uh, with not much experience or like the guy that's about to retire that they put there. And I'm like, not in our school district because I know that guy, and that guy is tactical. He's, he's ready to defend our school, and, and uh, we, we have the cream of the crop uh, at, our, at our school and at our church, and I'm glad that. And I, and I just – Talking to him, I love to hear his heart for what he does. So how do you see this as kingdom work? And what, what inroads does it give you? Uh, I guess we've got to be a little careful, but, but what, opportunities, not careful. <laughs> what opportunities does it give you? Amen. Um, I fear God, not man. Amen. And police work is a facade for sharing the gospel for me. Um, it's, it's, it's the best of both worlds because I get to protect life, but... I also get to handle the heart problems. Guys, our, our cities and states and nations are full of crime. And the reason it's full of crime is because it's full of sin. And the reason it's full of sin is because Christ is not proclaimed. Um, every problem I encounter, every kid that does something that you're like, oh, it's so horrible, or like you just don't, you don't recognize why they do what they do, it's a sin problem. It's a heart problem. They don't have a reason to do what's right because they don't know why they're created. They don't have parents that care about them. You don't have to go to Nicaragua to do missions. There are kids in this town that have very little. And they, they live a completely opposite life of what we live. And when you see what they do and why they do it, it surprises you because you don't have an idea of what they go through at their houses. Um, whether it's relationships, I mean, the boyfriend-girlfriend stuff at the high school has become a complete mockery of what love is. Um, jealousy, anger, um, a lot of embarrassment. A lot of the kids, they, they can't perform at even elementary grade levels of schoolwork. So when the teacher tells them this, this, or this, they blow up because they don't see their value. Um, they don't know. Something that, that happens to me when the teacher gets on to me, I'm like, oh, well, I need to correct what I'm doing. And I see their, that teacher's correction or principal's correction as, you know, trying to make me better. But they see it as an attack on their value and worth as a human being. That's why they do what they do. Um, 
So every problem I encounter is a sin problem. It's a, it's a gospel problem. And so what I do is generally start out by asking them about, um, do you know why you're created? Why do you exist? Why do you have value? And, um, <clears throat> and a lot of times they don't have a reason. They don't have a value. Um, and then I, I tell them that they do have a value. It's inherent. It's built in. They're created in the image of God. And because of that, um, they have you know they have a reason to live, and they um, have a, a savior who died for them, and uh, and calls them, begs them to repent and to believe in his gospel, and to uh, have newness of life. Aren't you glad to have a guy with a heart like that at our church and watching over our schools? Um, how can we as a church pray for you? <laughs> um, unfortunately, and I, I love a lot of our administrators in our schools, um, but the school system is secular. That's the bottom line of it. Um, and I just need patience to know that there are there are good people in the schools working with me in administration that are seeing the problems and are starting to tackle those. Um, I, I need courage to do what's right, no matter what my superiors say, no matter what um, people say about me. I'm going to tell kids what the solution to their problems is, which is Jesus. Um, and also courage, uh, you know, the, like I said, the media right now is very anti-police officer. And uh, that's not fun to deal with. It doesn't bother me that much, but it, it does. There are some problems that come with that. So just courage to do what's right and continue to, to hold the line. Um, <clears throat> and really, I, I think I, I kind of want to echo what Miss Tina said. Get involved. The mentor program that White is doing works. I've arrested dozens of kids this year at school. Dozens of them for simple things that if they had an adult in their life that could, that could assign a value to their heart, something greater than themselves, greater than their basketball or their reputation or how how awesome they are, how bad they are, how good their girlfriend looks, or whatever. If they could assign a different value, if they're in mentor program, I wouldn't be making those arrests. Um, the mentoring program works. Get involved in it. So, if you want to pray, pray for the church. Pray that our city would get would get get on the ball, helping these kids. Brother Glenn, can you come pray for Jared? Father, we come to you tonight praying for Jared and others like him in our school district, Father, that have assigned the task of keeping the peace, guiding young, young lives, mentoring them, loving them, sharing the gospel with them. Father, we just ask that you be with him and the others like him and give them the patience they need. Give them the peace that they need. Give them the protection that they need. Father, also give them the, the courage that they need to do what's right in your eyes. Father, it's a tough job. Uh, it's a tough job all the way around, and we just want to encourage him and 
others like him to encourage those in our school district, encourage those in our mentoring program. Father, we just want to want to be a light for you, and and uh, uh, people like Jared are, are a light in a very dark tunnel. And Father, we just need need you to brighten their light in every in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Um, again, remember these. Let, let these people be over the next month uh, or so until our next meeting. Man, let them be on your heart and after. Uh, but really, man, send them a card. Tell them you, you're thankful for what they're doing or you're praying for them and what they're going through. But uh, prayers are, are paramount, but uh, you can also give some action to your prayers. Uh, and I encourage you to do that. We want to close with the Lord's Supper tonight. Um, and it, it's very, it goes very much along with what we talked about this morning with the Passover. Um, this is what's said in Exodus 12, 14. Um, this day shall be for you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Exodus 12, 25 and 27 says this, And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the, of the people uh, of, the, of Israel uh, in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And so the Passover meal, it was an event. And then with each year, they had a Passover feast to remember uh, that event. And this is exactly what Christ does with the Lord's Supper. It is uh, a... Uh, it, is, it becomes the New Testament Passover meal. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. For the Lord Jesus on the, on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so they had Passover to remember their redemption from Egypt. And every time they were kind of reliving that event, and that's what we do in the Lord's Supper. We're reliving uh, that event of his body uh, being broken for us and his blood being shed for us. And that's what we want to do tonight as a family, uh, as we dismiss. Um, and so we're going to distribute the elements. So please stand. Now I'll ask our, our deacons to, to, to come through and uh, distribute these. I love what it says here. Um, and when your children, this is about the Passover meal, and when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. So the Passover meal was to get your kids to ask questions and for you to be able to answer and tell them what God's done. 
And so after you get your uh, get the elements, what I want to do is just take some time. Uh, if you're here by yourself or, or here with a friend, you can just sit there and, and meditate. If you'd like to talk to your friend, talk to your kids for a minute, and kind of tell them what you're doing and what this meal is about, and, it's, and, and how it's about the cross and remembering what Christ did. Uh, you can take some time to do that as well. But we'll uh, we'll give you a, a few minutes after you get the elements to do just that. Christ took the bread and said, this is my body, it was broken. Uh, this is the body that was broken for us so that we uh, could be redeemed like Israel was from Egypt. We could be redeemed from our sin. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your body, the body of your son who was crucified so that we might have life and to deliver us in our time of suffering, in our time of Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And he took a cup and he blessed it. And uh, that's what we want to do as well as, as the blood, as we learned about this morning, this is where our confidence comes from, is the blood of Christ and the blood that was shed for us. It's not in the in the level and, and greatness of our faith what that faith is in, and that is the precious blood of Christ. That is that is our hope, that is our confidence tonight. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your blood that was shed for the remission of sins, that we might have life and have it abundantly. In Jesus' name I pray. going to sing uh, as we head out we have a fellowship and so please stay and enjoy a time uh, together
me encourage you, if you have an offering for the La Concepcion team, uh, the cube is down here. You can drop it uh, in the cube. Thank you for being here tonight.